Okay, let's start at the top. Hey guys, it's your favorite moderator, Hopsa. No offense, Justin. Welcome back to your weekly scheduled podcast, Young Asian Minds. Daily reminder, yams are delicious. This podcast is actually very special because we have another guest. Our topic this week is immigration and the struggles adapting in the U.S. as an Asian American. First, let's do a roll call. Your favorite, your, your second favorite moderator, Justin. Okay. I just got my job stolen again. Just another day in America, I guess. <laughs> well, immigrants, immigrants stealing your, uh, stealing the jobs, yeah. I warned you guys, he has he has the best jokes. Anna! Hey yo, what's happening? Christina's still in my basement. Yes, guys. Anna will let her out of her basement. Help us, please. Bring her out! <laughs> Lena! Oh no, I didn't hear her. Sorry, that's, that's my bad. My bad. Okay, Anita! So, uh, it's your favorite boba addict. And then your favorite, your favorite penguin, Tristan. Hola guys, um, currently, because you know, in Antarctica there's not that much power. I ran out of power when I was trying to print more Monopoly money, so I can't buy Christina again. <laughs> we only get a out of the movement, sadly. Okay, so, holy money. Money. Yes, that's our only form of payment right now. Alright guys, as I mentioned before, Christina's still in Anna's basement, sadly. However, we have a special guest as I mentioned earlier. Give it up for Kalila Yubi! Woo! Oh guys, thank you so much. Hello Asian Minds, this is great. Really uh, to be here uh, and look forward to the discussion today. Hey, this is Justin here. Due to complications with the recording devices, a lot of our content had to be cut out. So here's Mr. Ayubi giving us a backstory of where he's from. Hi, my name is Khalil, and it is great to be with the Young Asian Minds. Uh, I'm an immigrant from Afghanistan, and I look forward to the discussion of an immigrant experience in this country. Sorry for the inconvenience, folk, and please enjoy the rest of our podcast. So, um, last question on my part before we have everyone else ask their questions. This is going to be one of my favorite questions. Um, as you told us, you've had many job interviews and you've been accepted to you know many jobs. Uh, what was your initially favorite job, or what was your craziest slash funniest job you've had or experience you've had? Oh, uh, the I think one of the the best jobs that I had was working for NIH National Institute of Health. Uh, because after graduation, after college, after graduating college, I worked. Uh, I was work obviously seeking a job, and I was able to. I was able to uh, find uh, a job at, uh, in research. That was my field, uh, health research, particularly cancer. So, and that particular uh, division were responsible for trials, uh, uh, coming up with uh, drugs to help cancer, fight cancer. And uh, it was just rewarding, and uh, in many ways, 
So I always wanted it to, to, to help out. And this was one of the ways to, to really uh, help humanity. Uh, and uh, what a noble job that was, just amazing. Uh, funniest was, uh, I moved, uh, uh, after a while I moved to Arizona. I wanted to go to a, a climate that's very warm because I come from very warm climate that I came from very warm so uh, that idea was very attractive to me and uh, and guys uh, have you any of you guys uh, kind of gone to the west particularly arizona new mexico and uh, colorado those places I, I, oh, you have I, okay awesome how i mean it was just amazing i love the desert uh wow well, you can see i'm coming from a desert by itself but anyway so it was just an amazing thing but my job there was uh, a college advisor uh, at the university and it was just amazing meeting again meeting young individuals uh, who just graduated high school who are entering college and advising them and guiding uh, it was just an amazing place to work and also live uh, if it hadn't been for my uh, for my family here my brother my mom here I would never come to the East Coast no offense uh, to, uh, to us here, <laughs> but uh, uh, if you've been to Arizona uh, and you like uh, the sunny days, hey guys, uh, who wouldn't like uh, 300 days of, uh, of the year to be sunny? And that's what they have. Uh, on average, they have about 300 days of uh, sun. Uh, so if you like that, it's hot, it gets hot a little bit, but uh, it's a beautiful place. And I later in my life, I definitely want to go back and, 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 and kind of settle there. But, uh, yeah, that was the best the place to live. And, and plus, it's a little cheaper than here, obviously. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Thank you. So now we'll carry on to the other members' questions. Uh, first, let's start with Tristan's question. So, um, like you were talking about in school, you were talking about how there was, there was like a language barrier. You had to learn the language to get into school first. Right. Or at least get to the the normal high school first what other things were more difficult or more different in your everyday life when you first moved to america ah uh, great question by the way just uh yeah navigating uh just adjusting to life here uh for instance uh food where i came from food was very uh, totally different i know you can go and probably find restaurants that would uh, you know uh, any type of food here I uh, sometimes affordability becomes a thing, so you had to. It, it, so food was one of the issues. Uh, language, uh, finding your navigating, finding your way, uh, because as you uh, well, you might not know uh, this, but as an immigrant who comes in first, you have to fit in, and somehow you have to find your place, uh, and that could be just the adjustment part. I know the first uh, couple of uh, months uh, they are saying it's like honeymoon. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, sort of everything is new and later you kind of uh, take stock and kind of see what's going on where do you belong because in this country you have to belong to some group or something or they are, uh, sort of they just put, the society push you to different groups and things uh, uh, which sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um, so to where you fit in like you said uh, it, it, you know uh, finding that is sometimes difficult so obviously you tend to uh, stay with the people who you obviously find similar uh, you know you have similar ideas likings and stuff uh, that could be advantages disadvantages but uh, for me it was just uh, 
not only that, but also uh, looking ahead. We always try to improve. We always try to learn new things and adjusting. Uh, it wasn't as easy as uh, some might think. Uh, and try to improve and try to, be, to, to succeed. My goal was obviously to, to go to college. And as a first generation of parents here in the U.S. without any type of help, uh, you can think of financially or otherwise, uh, so that was my, my, my goal to be able to go to a, a quote unquote good college and, and, and get a, a degree. Uh, and yeah, so that was, that was, that was a difficult part just to finding your, uh, how to fit in. Definitely. I hope it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, does. It makes sense. Okay. So now let's head on to Justin's questions. Okay, I have a multitude of questions, but I think some of them were answered already beforehand. So sure. I'll go to one of them that I think you can elaborate on a bit more. Um, so my father, he was a refugee from um, Laos, which had a war back in the 70s, I believe, 70s and 80s. Uh, and so after the war, the, communism, the communists took over the country and he had to flee the country. And so before he came to America, he had to go to a refugee camp in Thailand, and the the conditions were like typically really poor. Um, most people were um were like left in inhuman conditions. Uh, did you ever ever had to go like through anything like that? That's a great question. Uh, I could have. Uh, if I didn't have the choice of having a family member, uh, mine was very exactly similar to your your, your parents' situation, your your father, uh, a communist, uh, it, it, you know, government uh, sort of being uh, thrown out. Uh, this was the invasion of Russia back in the late eighties, uh, early eighties, and then uh, that government uh, collapsed in early nineties. And the reason I came to the U.S., well, the reason I fled and so many young individuals at the time, men usually, boys, fled was because they were recruiting young boys to go to, 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 go to war. And they couldn't find men anymore. <laughs> you have to find whatever you can, right, to sort of hold on to the power at the time, the communist government back in, in Afghanistan. So that's how we, even though I was in ninth grade, I was 14 years old, 13, 14, I had to, I had to leave. Uh, and and I didn't go to a camp, although they existed. I had family members in, in the neighboring country, uh, and they helped facilitate my, uh, you know, uh, sort of my travel to the U.S. Uh, but yeah, that's a great question because uh, most of us, most of the refugees, would go to a camp. Usually, they are run by UN. Usually, but in whole. I, I did see them. There were so many of them. They're horrible situations. And even unfortunate today, there are so many uh, of those camps around the world for different reasons. Uh, that's a great question. Appreciate it. Thank you. I have one more question. Uh, would sure. you say your life before the conflict that, um, in Afghanistan, would you say it's better than what it's like here in America or? Or not? Uh, well, it's of course as a, as a child when you grow up somewhere you have friends you have all you, you that's all you know right that's very familiar to, that's your world uh but leaving that uh and going to a different place which you lose all of that totally and in some way you lose your identity in a way too uh, at least for a while uh so that part is obviously difficult uh but thinking 
thinking uh, retrospectively speak uh, looking at it now i think it's the best move that i uh, that my parents made i think they forced us to go and it was my story is that my parents um uh had one they had their house that they could they, they sold their house to send my uh, brother and i to the u.s and they probably uh, had nothing else in their you know in their and this, this one thing that was their house and they built that house actually i remember when I was a, as a child when i was probably three or four they were actually working physically to to build the house that i had so it was very you know precious for them but they sold that for for us so we can we can have a better life uh so looking at back back at that decision i think the best decision uh they have ever made because we would have ended up going uh, being killed or we would probably end up killing somebody because, uh, you know, unfortunately, in a war, you either are killed or you, you're the killer or you're the victim. Unfortunately, there's nothing in between, particularly in my situation. So, oh, definitely, it was the best decision. I was one of the luckiest one who could come here and sort of. Uh, now, looking at back, I, I'm, I'm able to help out with the schools there with a lot of things. And and one of the one of the thing about uh, being an immigrant is there are a lot of good things advantages for instance when you come in here you're always thrifty you're always trying to save versus the the, uh, the 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 thing is here in the u.s we don't save enough ourselves right immigrants for the most part we the, the one thing we think about is saving and you wouldn't believe i um in college i i, I didn't have any uh, uh financial debt in fact when i graduated when i graduated college i had ten thousand dollars in in the savings account by working part-time two jobs and yeah through uh, putting myself through college by myself so that's one of the advantages of being an immigrant <laughs> i didn't have to go uh, I, I had a choice of uh loan but i didn't want to do that unless and i'm not saying that loan is bad but if you can't help it it's best not to think about it so you guys i, I know in a, in a couple of years you will be going to college you'll get scholarships you'll get financial aid you get other stuff but one of the things that they push uh, right off is oh uh, apply for a loan uh, this is a, a no interest loan they, they push this idea uh that's not that's not the way to go you guys obviously would uh be better off without uh without uh tremendous amount of loan if there's a little bit that's fine uh that's just my um I, I, <laughs> the job that i had was like i said in college was a uh, you know student advisor so sorry that came out that way so all righty <laughs> thank you justin for your questions okay uh lena can you ask yours now uh, what were your expectations of America? Like, before you came here, what did you think it was like? And, like, what was a big shock for you after living here? That's a fantastic question. Um, going, coming to the U.S., we had little expectations. So it, it, it's, it, it's, it's due to the background where I came from. I came from a war, a lot of horrible situations. So when we got here, for instance, we expected that police would uh, physically beat us uh that didn't happen <laughs> there was no uh physical abuse or even verbal abuse uh even though they knew that we were we came here uh, illegally uh so that was uh, a very humane so obviously that was a shock in a sense like oh this is good uh because uh i tell you uh, the first day when we went uh uh we arrived i remember precisely that it was like 11 a.m and lax and we left that airport at 12 midnight this time we were being interviewed 
interviewed and being examined. So we're talking about you know thirty hours or so. Uh, however, we were expecting the first thing we this was probably funny as well. Uh, we were lined up, and this police officer comes in, and then he puts gloves on. I swear to you that I thought that we're going to be beaten up now because he's putting gloves. And for some reason, we thought we were going to be physically beaten uh, very badly. It's a huge, huge person, 6'5", you know, 300 pounds. And he just started, he just was searching us, of course. So, so the, I wasn't, I was the last person. So the first person was up and I can, I, so we were looking at the face, the face, his, this guy, uh, the face actually goes from normal color to a yellow, like almost, he was expecting it too, because this, he was in our group, he was an Afghan uh, coming here. And soon as, but we saw, once we saw that there were no beating going on, physically <laughs> abused, and we kind of, kind of was a side of relief. Uh, but uh, that was it. Uh, another scary thing was that we would be deported. That was the worst thing uh, that you could that could happen to us in our, given our situation, because going back, you get a lot of uh, abuse and uh, probably detention, jail, and whatnot back if, if they found out that you escaped the country. Uh, so that's something that we were expecting, and that didn't happen, went through the immigration system. Uh, we were expecting that the lawyer that you hire definitely, uh, definitely have the power to get you off, but that's not the case, of course. They do the best they can legally. We thought just by having a lawyer uh, is enough. That's all. You know, if you could hire to to defend you, you're it. Uh, that was kind of kind of strange too. At the same time, we were expecting to be de deported. Uh, so those were the expectations. Uh, and, you know, that was for the good. Uh, obviously, a lot of good thing happens uh, is that learning with yourself. We were expect expecting that people would be laughing, would make fun of me in school. That did not really happen. Not from teachers. Not from those who were trying to teach, teach, uh, sort of help us settle in. Uh, that's a, obviously a bad thing when you laugh at someone who cannot pronounce that the language is not their first language. Uh, uh, that was that was a, a, a present supply a, a surprise. Uh, it really helped me uh, get my confidence. Even if I did misspeak, which I, I often do even now, but uh, there's no you know thing back in my head. So, oh my God, someone's going to make fun of me because of it. Uh, maybe because I went through a school at first. The first two years, uh, they were all sort of like myself. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't. So, so that was, that was, that was good. Uh, those expectations were, uh, you know, surprisingly pleasant that, you know, we found out. But mostly positive. Uh, hardly there's any negative. That's good. All right. So our next person who's going to ask questions is Anna. Um, do you have any regrets coming to the U.S. at all? Uh, no, not at all, except, uh, like I said, uh, leaving where you used to, you know, I, I remember my school, uh, I remember the neighborhood that I grew up, uh, but no, not at all, uh, because I knew that uh, I would be all right if I, like, if I make it, if I make it to the U.S., it would be better off than what I, what I had before. Uh, again, from a background where there's a war going on in the country, you're, you're obviously you're better off anywhere. Uh, in, in, you know that there's no war, um, so uh, sleeping at night, 
Definitely, it's a good thing because when you ask any uh, refugee, those who, uh, you know, uh, escape war, the first thing they'll tell you security and how you can are able to sleep at night. I had for the 10 years of my life, uh, the first one year, I had nightmares of being stuck in the place where they're fighting going on there. Uh, you know, uh, all those uh, planes uh, being shot. Uh, had so many nightmares and sometimes do not as much this is psychological of course you, you go through it and kind of try to subconsciously to live it so no not at all i think this was uh, like i said one of the best decisions uh that my parents made for me so yeah um <laughs> you mentioned the thing about fitting in earlier right would you right. say it was harder mm-hmm. to fit in because of like this experience is there anything like experience any i'm sorry i you were breaking up i didn't catch the whole thing um you mentioned earlier about fitting into the u.s did was that harder because of like racist experiences if you experienced any oh uh well definitely it is yeah uh of course uh, uh, r- racism uh, or bigotry that is sort of well and alive, unfortunately. And, and in this country, as you know, it's very subtle. Racism, as you know, it's very subtle here. There are different type of layers of racism. Uh, so as an immigrant, when you come in, you kind of, uh, uh, I don't, the, the, the superficial ones, those who just call names on the street and things and bullying, that's, that's not a serious for for at least for some people as it is the rest uh, which is the the, the blue collar racism is not as, as bad as the white collar racism because that actually you know uh, it's it's a very hard for, for for any group that has to deal with it uh, but as far as me yeah yeah I've had uh, uh, my first job uh, in IH like I said uh, this was uh, soon as I got, about a month later I I go to my desk and and we had an open desk stuff and somebody printed out uh, they were trying to intimidate me or trying to make me mad or whatever of uh, they, they try to show a map a map and in the map it says temperature uh, daily temperature of the countries and then they uh, pointed uh, Afghanistan as being bombarded with million uh, million um, front high degrees and stuff like that it was i took it to my supervisor and I said i don't know who did this it says normal temperature in the u.s is 75 degrees back home is uh, 1 million degrees or something because we're going to bomb you guys we're going to kill you guys uh, that type of thing and then professionally another one was i was i was going to a, a, somebody's office in there to, to to deliver a file and she said why don't you go ahead and uh, clean my windows she thought i was a person who's cleaning windows uh, even though I above her, uh, her her grade, and I didn't say anything, I just reported it to my supervisor, and the supervisor had to apologize to me. And so this, th- that kind of thing was not as as serious, but it was still there. In college, I never had that that issues at all. Uh, one of the thing in college, I went to a, uh, a school where uh, it's pretty pretty much all Caucasians. Uh, I was the only probably a few. Uh, non-whites in there. Uh, I didn't have any issues with professors or or students 
uh, in college at all. So that's that's good to hear. I'm glad you didn't have any you know troubling experiences. Well, what we have talked about just a short little you know quick thing I wanted to add. Um, we have, uh, I guess, you know, as you know, there's different, we have different Asians here. So we all have experienced different types, either, um, uh, as you know, like there's uh, people classify us, there's Oriental Asians, or, or as you know, we're classified, uh, hello, uh, Indians. Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern. Yes. Yeah. We're usually, it's, it's a, it's a mess, but, um, we've all have different, uh, like experienced different le levels. And especially now, a lot of people like to make jokes about it, even though, you know, you would see someone who isn't Asian making like a COVID joke or a joke about eating dogs or stuff like that. And it wouldn't be like correct, but at the same time, people use the excuse, you know, freedom of speech. So like, I'm glad that you didn't have a rough experience because like it wasn't, I guess, as normalized. But as as experiences now, it's a little more normalized, sadly. Okay, and then our last person who's going to ask our question is Anita. So my first question is: earlier you talked about how like the differences between your home country and the U.S. and adjusting and everything. So what was the biggest like culture shock or culture difference between the U.S. and back home? Uh, that's a fantastic question. Obviously, there are so many different, uh, you know, uh, the, the cultures were obviously very different. Uh, one of them is how, uh, well, I, I realized that later, not at the time, uh, that how freely we can speak to, to everybody, to adults, to, to, to anybody, right? As long as you're not, obviously, I mean, you have the right to be rude as well, but as long as you're not so rude, uh, you're not going to get in trouble in school uh that's that's a shock and and a culture where i came from when adults are in the present when you're in uh you know in, in front of your parents as a, as a child you don't uh or you're not sort of allowed to speak as much as they do or or, uh, or offer your opinion uh so here obviously we're very free to to do so in fact it's encouraged and it's a beautiful thing uh where I came from, kids were sort of uh, dissuaded to speak, to sort of even, uh, they would say, oh, you, you, you're a kid, you don't know anything. You have to kind of quiet, you know, oh, shut up, that's it. Uh, adults are speaking, so to speak, right? Even though they had great ideas, they had some, uh, they don't value they don't value you because, uh, well, your age becomes, in this case, young age becomes uh, a problem. Because they think experience living on Earth actually makes you uh, more wiser, right? You're more, more wise, you get more wisdom, which could be true. But at the same time, it's actually a discrimination against young individuals who probably are so bright. Because now you can actually learn so much on your own. Now, you don't have to go to school in, in a sense, right? There are so many different things that are available to you online and that you can actually read books, and I, I, all the different stuff you can do, uh, probably because back then they weren't as much. Uh, so that's one of the shocking, uh, the, the shocking uh, experience. And also uh, uh, one of the things that uh, dress, the dress code back home for especially for ladies you don't see that uh for where i come from uh you know here is very very very, very different um uh, and uh so they're allowed obviously allowed and you're free to do whatever you want to do whatever you want to wear whatever way to be friend uh so that was that was some of the shocking, shocking uh you know cultural differences between 
where it came, came from. But that's a, that's a great question, though, really. Um, my next question is, I think one of the biggest mottos or phrases for immigrants coming into the U.S. is, if you work hard enough, you can succeed. You can have this big, lavish, like, American life. How much truth do you think is held in that motto or phrase for immigrants coming into the U.S.? Right. Such a great question, really. And all of you guys are fantastic questions. Uh, I, I think uh, it, it really depends because as anybody, particularly immigrants, you have to navigate a lot, right? Uh, generally speaking, we would love to, this is what we're voting here, right? Work harder and you're going to, you're going to succeed. Unfortunately, there are so many hurdles. Uh, work hard. I don't know what that means anymore, because if you're telling a, a minimum wage, uh, a person who they are already working hard. What do you want me to do? What do you want them to do? I mean, they have to eat, obviously. They have expenses. Uh, working extremely hard. Some people are working two, three jobs. They can they can make it. I mean, if you're telling young people, yeah, study hard, that's fine. What about the, the hurdles that you, that you guys are going to have? Uh, getting to a good college, right? There are so many hurdles that it's unfair, obviously. And this is the discrimination part comes in. And color discrimination comes in uh, that uh, you have to you have to navigate through you have to uh, you know uh, come uh, overcome uh, so we are telling them we're, we're telling them false information the idea is great it's an uh, attractive idea right? it's very nice telling people you can yeah but millions and millions of us do and we cannot make it under the system that it is uh, so many different uh, uh, problems that we have to deal with uh, the, the, the school system is one. If you are taking education, for instance, right, uh, you know that um, uh, if you live in an area where you're lucky enough to be uh, able to go to good school, you might yeah, have a good education. But those people who don't, how, how are they going to make it? You know, how are they going to make it to the, to the next level by, uh, by seeking uh, higher education, correct? If you're telling the, the worker to work hard, minimum wage is not going to get, uh, get you any, anywhere, unfortunately. And what's amazing about, again, we as an immigrant, uh, you know, generally speaking, immigrants succeed here is because we can go by as little. Like I said, the, the thriftiness that we have, because that's our background is, we save a lot when we kind I mean, in three, four years, the, the person has a car, the person can help out um, people. I have, I know so many, so many immigrants that I work with right now uh, that uh, have homes back home. They build homes by just earning minimum wage here. I know uh, a person who built two houses in uh, El Salvador. Uh, I, I know another person, uh, 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 my coworker, who actually uh, built her, her house in back home in El Salvador too, by just saving enough. Here in this country, we are telling people to, to be happier, you have to spend. Uh, there was a movement in 1970s in this country uh, that would say, and this phrase that still works, shop until you drop. This movement came after the 1970s. Before the 1970s, World War II, during the 1950s, we were, we were encouraging this country to save, to save for ourselves because, you know, running a, a debt on your credit card, this is the plastic. After a month, you would be, you would, you know, you have to pay for it. Some of us don't understand that, you know, this is great. We love to shop, but somebody has to pay for it. And the houses are not ours. The, the, the clothes that we wear, if you're using the plastic to pay for it, that's not yours. It really isn't. 
as an immigrant, I have a hard time understanding. Uh, unless I pay for it fully, then I don't consider it mine. Uh, in some of some of the things that, of course, uh, house is one of the things you cannot just buy. On most of us don't. That's not a good example. The rest is probably is even a car is not a good example. But the reason we have so many problems financially, people after getting a job, they they just go ahead and buy a new car, which is great. No problem. Uh, or a house. You have to think about it. It's a thirty or twenty-five year. Your your your. You know, if you cannot afford it, what if you lose a job? What if you get sick? The, the safety net is gone. You have to have a safety net. And that's what uh, I was I was taught. You know, just by 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 being from a different place, that we we would love to have everything we want, but unfortunately, sometimes you can't. So you have to live within your means, uh, and obviously, you know, work hard. But really, honestly, think hard. I honestly do not know what that means anymore. Uh, like I said, I've from the first day that I entered this country. Well, I was allowed to go to the city, or after the detention center, I started working. Uh, so it's not about we are lazy or lazy. We're not, uh, but by no means. But some, most of us, unfortunately, have hard time, even within within with, with given given the situation that we are in. So we have to pass so many hurdles. Professionalism, others, at, at the same time, we have to and and um, and. News is it's not all about that. I'm not being pessimistic here, but most of the immigrants are doing great in this country. Uh, we are saving more than than the average American. We uh, I think are in less. People uh, think of us as uh, oh, you guys are committing more crime. You're taking more more jobs. We are actually getting more jobs. You know, but my personal experience, I live with, I work with my brother. We have a small little business. We create. We have basically we have six jobs we have created. And this has been going on for 15 years. So we're entrepreneurs. And that's not just me, obviously. It's Aldrin's in this country, most of us. We are. We have the lowest crime rate in the whole of the uh, this nation, immigrants do, particularly Asian immigrants, uh, and in particular Asian immigrants. So, that, and then, by the way, guys, one of the things I'm so proud of, generally speaking, uh, when it comes to Asian immigrants, have the higher higher education uh, for women in this country amongst uh, Asian uh, uh, population. But if you could count all the Asian uh, the, the descent in this country, we are the group that has highest retainment of education for women. So we have more educated than on average on any other group in this, in this country. This is particularly great uh, when unfortunately where I come from, women are not as as, uh, uh, you know, given the opportunities uh, as men do. All right, thank you so, so much. Hard work is like, a, is you can use it as a tool, but it won't get you, like just hard work won't get you anywhere. It can help. Well, get you the soul. That's not, so telling, telling, uh, you know, this, 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 the fantasy that we're telling people is hard work. That's half of it. Just like we're telling uh, young people, oh, you can be whatever you want to be. That's true. But the other half is how hard are you going to work, uh, willing to work and, uh, and put up with all those hurdles? Uh, how are you going to pass those hurdles? Are you willing to sort of uh, not just talk the talk, but walk the walk? 
right? So yes, hard work is going to get you somewhere, but there are some hurdles that you cannot, even with this hard work, you cannot just uh, on your own uh, overcome, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, so, but I'm, I'm telling you, immigrants, particularly from, you know, the Asian, we are doing much better uh, than probably a lot of other people who come in this country. Guys, this is a country where, as you probably know, I have have you ever heard of uh, the known nothings? This was in a movement in the 1850s. You may have probably heard it in the history books. Uh, yeah. A political group called the Know Nothings. They were particularly formed to to oppose immigrants in the 1850s, by the way. And they came very close to winning the presidency of this country. Uh, I mean, probably they did in 2016. Uh, but this is a group called the Know Nothings. And you probably, if you don't, if you haven't, you will, uh, uh, I hope, uh, in, in school, uh, read about it as just despicable human beings. Because, with, with, with the exception of two groups in this country, the Native Americans and the African Americans, all of us are immigrants in, in, in a sense, right? We all came on except groups. Uh, so, uh, Yes, definitely. Okay, so I actually have a, a tiny question because you mentioned it a couple times. I don't know if I'm the I'm not the if I'm the only person who doesn't know what this is. But what's the main difference between white collar and blue collar crime, as you were mentioning before? Oh, okay. So as far as uh, white collar is professional. Uh, for instance, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, four years ago, at the University of Chicago Medical School, there are only four black students, right? Four. That's it. That's I consider that a, a, a white color crime or white color discrimination. Uh, another uh, fact is that in this country, eighty percent, eighty percent guys, eighty percent of the professors in college are white. That by itself. So that means we are the rest of us are too stupid to become professors, or we too. To become doctors? Uh, no, it's not that. There are so many hurdles that are unfairly. For instance, SAT by itself is a hurdle against the uh, the economically disadvantaged. It doesn't mean just because you get 600 or 1800 or perfect score does not mean you're a good student. I mean you're smart. Versa, just because you didn't get that higher score, you're not you're not less than uh, somebody who does. He or she could afford high tutors, right? You can't, or somebody. Can't. So that by itself, discrimination at the professional. Uh, for instance. Uh, only have about a handful, less than five or six women senators in this country. Women are stupid. They cannot become senators. In Congress, we are more men than, more white, obviously, and more men than, than minorities and women. I mean, that's the fresh uh, white color uh, discrimination. Uh, so there are so many different, of course, the the finance, the the way the, the education system is set up, professional. How many CEOs, 95% of CEOs are men, white men. You know, if you come to professional, I mentioned the watermen and ball, the football. By the way, I'm a, I'm a, a big a biggest uh, fan of football. I played a little bit in, 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 in high school. Uh, so American football now. Uh, so, and a shout out to uh, our Washington team. We just won uh, the division yesterday, even though Market is uh, sucks. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, in, yeah. Fortunately, in football, there are thirty-two teams, right? Thirty-one of them are white men, owned by white men. Can, can you guess one team in, in the NFL that's owned by a minority? 
white guys. He's not even American. He's British. But British, not white. So, do you know what, what which team I'm talking about? The NFL, National Football League. I don't think there's any in NBA. Uh, nobody owns, even Michael Jordan, he's a minority uh, minority owner in NBA. No. He might be. He's, uh, he's a. Huh? Ravens? No, that's, that's yeah. very close. No, it's, it's in the East Coast. It's in the East Coast of the country, obviously. But give us a state. I don't know that much. About, I know okay. enough about well, you know, that. I'm not going to give you a state. What about this? Tassie. Tallahassee is the capital of the state. The, the Dolphins? Uh, that was huh? wrong. F- uh, Florida, obviously. Florida, but... Uh, no, not the yeah. Dolphins, but the uh, Jag- Jaguars. Jacksonville oh. Jaguars are owned by... Uh, by, uh, by an Asian, by the way. Uh, his name is Shahid Khan. Uh, he's a British citizen of Asian descent. Uh, he's, and that's the only minority person that I know that uh, person who owns a major sports team. Uh, he's a billionaire, by the way, for to be to, to own such a team. Uh, so it, there are discriminations against, in every level you look, for instance, just give one example, I'm going to bore you for this. Uh, 80% of the general managers in the, in the NFL are white. In fact, but the players, 75% are black. So how is it? The, the, the disparity is crazy. It's, it's unreal. You have 75% are black, but that, that, the same league has 85% white uh, general managers. How is that possible? Right? Forget about the owners. There's none. It's just, uh, it's just un, it's unbelievable. Uh, the, the same thing, we have 40%, uh, you know, in this country, we are almost about 40% black population. But look, look uh, Hollywood, they're not represented. We're not represented either, you know, in any pop culture. We're not represented. And so we are hoping that the next generation, you guys, can represent us. Uh, I know uh, one time, I th- one of the things uh, for our, our Asian parents are telling us to be engineers uh, and or lawyers. Well, I think the best thing to do is to be writers, right? In how, how writers, to be producers, to be actors, to be scientists. So we can, singers, uh, what's wrong with that? Actors, you know, with that, any type of acting. So we can be represented. It doesn't matter, but we have to be represented. And back in 40, 50 years ago, they used to cast white people to represent minorities. As of, this is very offensive. Even now, some. some. So, so we are hoping that you guys can actually break that. And I know you are, and the next generation is. So, grateful. Um, Hopefully we can do that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Quick question. So, um, when yes. you came, um, when you were immigrating here, right? Was it just you and your brother? Did your parents not come with you? Yeah, they couldn't. We wanted them. Uh, in order for, for to come here at that time, you had to have so much money because we had to pay somebody to give you a, 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 a what's called a, a fake passport. The, the passport was real. The visa was but it wasn't yours. And in order to get that, my parents had to sell their house. So that's the only thing that they had to sell. It was, uh, by the way, a lot of money. It really wasn't it's a really big single family house. Uh, so, but they sold all of it and with just dollars in our pocket uh, when we arrived in the USA. And just five years later, we were able to buy my parents that similar house. Just, just another thing about, uh, 
the hard working we said, no, about uh, the, the immigrants. And, and that this story is not unique to me, of course, this is probably a lot. Uh, that's something that I, we are very happy about, that we that I paid, we paid my parents back, you know, within five years. All right, does anyone have any, you know, last questions or remarks for our guest? No? All right. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. We appreciate you so much and everything you told us, all the insight you gave us. And I think one thing that we can all agree on is that, you know, everything you said was very important and very valid. Yeah, you were saying? No, no I really appreciate you guys, really. Uh, you are the young minds. You are truly bright, extremely bright, uh, fun to be with. Uh, I have never tired of uh being with you guys my presence is it wasn't really a waste of your time and uh i'm looking forward to if the future if given the opportunity i would be more than happy to uh, to come back and um i will be following your podcast i'll be listening more because uh it's, it's just amazing uh, you guys are uh, amazing things and and one thing i if i prove if, if there's one thing i prove that's that uh obviously we have to be proud of our background really all of us are unique. And one of the things I want to uh, clarify is that, uh, or rather maybe say it, you already know it, is that in this country we are being sort of grouped into different things. So I was not considered an Asian. We were considered Middle Eastern. By the way, that's uh, geographically incorrect because if you say you're from Egypt and they consider Middle Eastern, Egypt is in, Asia, uh, in, in Africa. It's not in Asia. But they, they do it for their own, because their mind is so narrow that have compartmentalized even in the wrong way it's just purely political uh, colonization of the time they kind of did oh egypt is middle east egypt is not middle east middle east means that part of the asia i can understand that uh, geographically but middle east and other arab countries that are africa they are in africa but by the way so i just wanted to mention i always wanted to mention that <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, ge geography is a problem and politically it's been influenced obviously uh but uh yeah so th those that part of the world is not considered if you're not in asia you're not middle east yeah no I, anyway. I get what you mean like what i used to do is a side note before we end this um i didn't i didn't consider myself asian you know because like it was always known as like you know being oriental but i didn't really consider myself asian so what i would like now when i'm signing all this stuff when it's asking for my ethnicity i always put asian now i don't know if that's correct but that's what i do now i guess new insight but um thank you so much for listening everyone uh, i hope you enjoyed this podcast uh any final words guys you've been through quite a journey Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we really I mean, appreciate yes, you great. being here. Oh, appreciate. It. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, I'll uh, love to come back and I'll follow you guys, of course. Of course. Thank you so much for listening. I don't. I don't, I don't mean. I don't mean stalking. I'm following here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We appreciate all the love. Don't forget to follow our Instagram, yes. Young Asian Minds, for updates. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.